Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Who Invited Her. We are San Diego's LGBTQ pop culture podcast. I am your host, Tony, and I'm here with my other host, Megan. And you guys, it's just <laughs> us today. Yeah. Just you and me, babe. I know. I know. How are you, Megs? Oh, my gosh. I'm fantastic. Yeah. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah? What's yeah. been going on? Not a whole lot. No? No. Just busy with work and getting ready for DragCon, everybody. Woo! <laughs> that was so enthusiastic. Why are we such weirdos? No. <laughs> so, on this episode, Megs, we, um, I did a very, very fun, interesting interview with Christina Bianco, who is going to be coming to San Diego. Um, and that's going to be in a little bit. I know you were supposed to be on the oh, interview, but I'm so you weren't upset. Able- I know she was amazing. And for people who don't know her, she's known um, the woman with the, or the girl with the thousand voices. She does impressions of pretty much anybody. Um, and she's bringing her one woman show to San Diego at Martinis of a Fourth on June fifth. So I got to have a really cool conversation with her. July fifth. July fifth. Sorry, yes. thank you. <laughs> June fifth. No, June fifth. It is June fifth. Oh, it's a Wednesday. Yeah, it's a Wednesday night. Yeah, she'll oh, be at Martini's. Yeah. Not, so, okay. All right. So June 5th. June 5th. Okay. Martini's above 4th. She'll be there. Um, it was such a fun interview. Like, just learning how she started doing impressions. And she's a two-time Drama Desk nominee. And how she got on Broadway. And then she's been on The Allen Show, The Today Show. Um, her videos on YouTube, the first, the one of the the ones that got her the most notoriety, over 25 million views. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. She, went, she was so much fun to talk to. But we're going to listen to that interview later on in the episode. But I wanted to talk to you Ooh. about a show that I have been, like, raving about and you finally watched yes. it and finished it so yes. we could actually talk about it yes. and it is dead to me on, no, Netflix. on Netflix with yep. Christina um, Christi- I was going to say I Christina Aguilar <laughs> no Applegate. Applegate yes what did you think oh my gosh so one of my girlfriends I don't know like last weekend you know, it was just like, oh, I, I just been watched Judd to me. This is all I've been doing. And I'm like, oh, I haven't started it's it yet. so good. So I started it. Couldn't put it down. You know, put it, couldn't put it down. Couldn't Could stop it, was watching. It <laughs> was it in book form? You couldn't put it down because it was it a was, book Hey, it was a book on tape, okay? On tape. Um, No, but it was so good. And then I just finished it recently and... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's only one season. One season. I want There's, more. There ha- the way it ended, they're going to do more. So it's it's great. Though. Yeah. If anybody hasn't checked it out, check it out. We will. We, we're going to talk a little bit more about it. So I'm telling you right now, there are a couple spoilers that we're going to get into. So if you don't want to hear the spoilers, fast forward a couple seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of the end of the season with uh, the the... The husband getting shot, oh right? My, well, because you you know what though, it kind of set the neighbor set it up. Yep, because she was like, "Oh, you know, you can shoot someone uh-huh. if you know if you if tell them you, if you tell them to leave your house and they don't." But you know what I've noticed? What the security cameras is yes. that going to be in the play? I know, and because Christina, uh, Christina Aguilera, Christina Applegate's <laughs> character, and um, the other character, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Linda Cardellini. Yes. So they have a big falling out within the show, um, and I love the end where the, she she calls her and says, "You need to come home." Can I just? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So well, good. okay, but um, can we just cut to Linda? Cardellini real quickly. Amazing. She was I just watched Legally Blonde. She's the 
she's the chick, the daughter who shot. No, yes, that's with the her. hair and yes. the prom and the yes. <laughs> the perm in the shower. Yes. Oh she my god, a, I gotta watch. She that. also was in like the um, not animated uh, Scooby Doo. She was what's her name? She, with the um, yes. Thelma. Like she, yes, yeah, so she's that's been in right. like yeah. a lot of movies. She's also I think she's had some other really good performances. Yeah, recently. yeah, yeah. She's pretty um, well known. But, it's a great show. For everybody, oh, yeah, she you was need in to watch it. Green Book, that's why. Green Book, yep. that's right. So anyway, she was great. But yeah. you're right, Christina Applegate. She needs to get nominated for a Golden Globe, something for this I role. just love the fact that all she wants to do is drink, and every other word out of her mouth is it's fuck. fuck. <laughs> it's the best thing ever, because that's my life. <laughs> There's one scene um, we were talking about last night at dinner um, where she's sitting on the toilet, and she screams into her pillow. Um, oh, after the death yeah. of her husband, and for mm-hmm. some reason, that little scene, God, it is so sad. Because she doesn't want her kids to hear. I now, know it's so like just. I love how she can go from super funny to just super. But let me ask you a just, question. Uh, I mean, they they characterize this um, show as a dark comedy, and I don't, I don't think it's funny. There are funny aspects to it. The lines and the situations, some of them are like funny. I think the writing, some of the writing is brilliant. Oh, it's brilliant. Funny. Yeah. And the plot is brilliant. I mean, yeah, but there is, it goes from funny one minute when they're smoking pot on the beach to like very heavy the next minute. Can we just talk about how James Marsden, Martin, Marsden, Marsden is yeah. so cute? Yeah, but he's such a dick in the he's show. Such a dick. <laughs> he's such a dick. And he's too scrawny for me. However,. Ever. You, know. <laughs> you wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> oh my god! You what know. else have you been watching? Oh goodness! I mean, what Game of Thrones? I know Game of Thrones season finale is what coming else? up. I'm super, super excited. <gasps> Big Bang Theory. Oh, it's ending. Yes, I know you're really into yes, Big Bang Theory. I love it. It's what so do you good. think? How oh, do you... I'm so sad. Yeah, you have Game of Thrones that Thrones that's Done. ending, and Big Bang Theory that ended, yeah. and it's. You know, I mean, it's kind of like Will and Grace, The Nanny, like all those shows, but mm-hmm. modern times where it, eventually it has to come yeah. to an end, right? Did you see that article that came out about Netflix? Um, Netflix and Hulu or Hulu or Amazon, I can't remember. They are coming out with their like, I guess you could say it's the ne- the new Game of Thrones type of a what? series or show that that's in the works. I did not that know they're that. saying this is going to be the new Game of Thrones that's coming out. So both of the I think it's I want to say Amazon and Netflix are both working on separate shows that are going to like well, that style, that epic type of a show. Did I hear just kind of like Harry Potter, right? Is there a spin-off to Game of Thrones? Not this yes. not not what Netflix and Hulu is doing, but like what HBO, HBO would do. Yeah, I believe okay. so. Yeah. Because you know, like Harry Potter, they did the before Star Wars. Like it's mm-hmm. Star Wars, you know, like because I think I mean they're smart. They can't just cut it off cold turkey yeah. because these fans for all these will be like <laughs> they'll go cry they're gonna riot. In the corner. They'll totally be a riot. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so we're going to get into the interview oh with Christina gosh, I'm Bianca. So, excited. so we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we'll you'll hear the interview that I did with Christina. It is so, yes. so much fun. Yes. She is amazing and great, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. And we will be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, all you little whores out there. If you're in the San Diego area and you love musicals and you also love live theater, then come down and check out our friends at OB Playhouse in Ocean Beach. Yeah, that's my theater. Hi, everybody. It's Jenny. I've been on the show a few times. want to tell you about OB Playhouse down in beautiful Ocean Beach. We have a great season this year for 2019. So, Jenny, what do you have coming up next? Next up, it's Sweeney Todd. This show will be running May 24th to June 16th. Showtimes are Thursdays through Saturday at 8 p.m. and Sundays at 3 p.m. So make sure you don't miss any of these awesome shows coming up at OB Playhouse in Ocean Beach in San Diego. Hey, everybody. I'm super excited for our guest today. She is a girl of a thousand voices, a two-time Drama Desk Award nominee, and you've probably seen her on The Ellen Show and The Today Show, and she's done some work for a show we talk way too much about on this show, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, but she gained major notoriety for her diva impression videos on YouTube with over 25 million views. It is none other than Christina Bianco. Hi, Christina. Oh, what an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I am. I am currently randomly in um, Johannesburg, South Africa, fighting jet lag, but I think I'm winning the battle, kids. Yay. I think I'm doing well. <laughs> and I'm, I'm good. It's it's going to be a lot of traveling leading up to these this fun trip that I'm taking to the West Coast to perform for y'all. I'm I'm just grateful to be working like everybody. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you're going to be here in San Diego at Martinis Before 4th, June 5th with your show, Me, Myself, and Everybody Else. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I have wanted to play uh, San Diego, particularly Martinis, for such a long time. So many of my friends have played it. Of course, Coco Peru and my friend Tori Scott just played it. Oh, yes. um, one of my longtime pals and music directors, Brian Nash, has played it like a gazillion times. He's always like, why aren't you playing Martinis? I'm like, I don't know. It's never, never timed out right. But now it's timed out. And I'm I'm just so happy. It's been it really has been too long since I've played um, the West Coast, but I've never ever done a concert in San Diego. So it's my first time. Oh, it, I can't wait to have you here. It's gonna San Diego's amazing for one. Um, the venue, I feel like Mart- it's my people, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the venue Martinis is amazing because they have like the best food and the best drinks, and it's very intimate cabaret style. So you, as an audience member, you get like right up and close uh-huh. with with the artists that perform there, which is really I really cool. love that. I mean, I think there's something to be said. I've, I've been really lucky and I'm, I'm just like starting this podcast now. I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I've had a lot of really, really um, <laughs> just wide reaching gigs the past couple of years from, you know, little tiny black box theaters to singing with symphonies. But it comes back to my favorite thing. I'm a New York nightclub act. Like I, I love playing those little clubs in New York. And even though I, of course, started in theater, when I was doing my solo shows, my concerts, my little cabarets for the first time, I was always in these small places in New York. And, and I love that intimacy. I love the connection with the audience. I love the interaction. I love the, the improv capabilities and possibilities. And I I always have fun. I, you know, because I do, um, the show is split about half my own voice, half impressions. And so whatever the audience responds to, I can totally add more when you can see the audience and really, um, feed off of them. Um, it it just makes my show so much more interesting because I can really tailor make it and make it specific to that crowd in that moment. 
Yeah, and I I became familiar with you through YouTube, and I saw a video of you with Seth, Seth Rudesky, who I <laughs> adore, and I listened to his serious show, and it was a video of you doing um, Part of Your World. And yeah. I was like, who is this girl? And then you went How through like 50 million different voices. I love that you know that one because so many people only saw like the the YouTube ones or the Ellen video, and that's great. But I love that you heard me on Seth because I love him. I love his show. That was the first time I was familiar with you. Yeah, well, part of your world, like absolutely no embarrassment whatsoever, is my all time favorite song in the whole world, and I always imagine how my favorite divas would sing it. So, like, I think Bernadette Peters would sound wonderful singing "Part of Your World." I was like, "Come on, we have to make this happen," and he was so willing to let me do it. So, <laughs> it the one favorite. that I really and all the theater geeks out there that listen to our show will get this when you did Alice Ripley. I was I like, "Oh my god, that is dead on." <laughs> I recently just posted some more Alice Ripley impressions online. I'm becoming like re-obsessed with her. In fact, so here we go. My um, music director and and accompanist for the evening that I'll be playing, Martinis, uh, is Brad Simmons. And Brad Simmons is Alice Ripley's main arranger and music director. And I'm always embarrassed to do the impression in front of him, but maybe Uh, for you guys, maybe we can make it happen. It's just so weird when you're when you're like total super fans of people and then you're in the business and you have to meet them. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then once they've seen your impression of them, because everything I do is done with love. And I always say and I say it in my show is that I really believe imitation is sincerest form of flattery. I think it's quite obvious when uh, certain impersonators, be it singing or speaking on television or stage, when they're doing something and it's exaggerated to a point where it could be a little hurtful. I think that's only funny to some people and only funny for so long. I, I don't think you can sustain a whole show doing that. It has to come from a place of, of appreciation and respect. So that's what I do, but it certainly doesn't take the fear away. <laughs> uh, I bet. <laughs> no, no. Like Liza Minnelli notoriously hates when anybody impersonates her or her yeah. mother. And I am not going to stop doing it anytime soon. No, as much because as that's, I love one of your, that's the one of the ones I love is when you do lights. <laughs> Thank you. It's just, I just can't. And that's the thing. It's like, listen, I'm going to have to trust that the audience loves this more than she would dislike it. And she doesn't know I'm currently doing it. So I just have to let it go. (laughs) That's what they do. So how did you get started doing impressions? Like what was the first one you did? And you were like, hmm, this could be a thing I'm really good at. So people do ask me this all the time, and I wish I had a really succinct answer. And since I'm Italian, I'm going to try to make this short and not rant for five hours. Um, my, uh, the, the real kicker is I was always doing impressions. According to my parents, I would always mimic voices that I heard in real life and on TV and on the radio. Um, but I never said like, Hey mom, here's my Judy Garland. Like I never had awareness of it. I just had an ear for it and they would hear me do it. And I remember my mom saying like, honey, sing it like the, you know, sing it like you don't sing it like the record, you know, like don't sing some over the rainbow, like Judy Garland, sing it like you. And I just thought she meant, you know, phrasing or interpretation, but she very often meant, no, you're, you're actually mimicking that person's voice, but I wasn't aware I was doing it. Um, the first impression I remember doing was, and like in getting a response was probably Celine Dion. Like I was definitely, you know, old enough in school, like junior high or something where kids were singing along to, I think the song was trying to remember. I was at a party. I think it was, um, um, the song that goes, has to start. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. I thought it was always funny that she went, 
that's instead of that's because yeah. her T's or D's, you know, mm-hmm. if you want it the most, there's no easy way out. I was like, there's no easy way out. So I started <laughs> saying all this. I remember, you know, it's so stereotypical, but I remember somebody like, you know, with a Diet Coke in their hand being like, oh my God, that sounds just like Celine. Hey, everybody, come over here. Christina sounds like Celine Dion. And it was the first time I was like, oh, well, I guess people might want to hear this sort of thing. And I was so young, I didn't know what to do with it. Cut to years later, I was, I mean, I was working on my first and last production contract on a cruise ship, (laughs) like so many performers (laughs) do. I got on there and I was like, this is great. I'm grateful for the job, but nope, not for me. And I volunteered to be in all of the extra things like the variety shows, the magic show, singing with the, with the um, jazz trios. I decided to make the most of it because I was pretty miserable. And I put together my own show. It was the first time I said, let me craft a show, then I'll have one for New York and I'll just be ready to have my own show somewhere. And everybody was like expecting me to do an impression of Celine Dion or something. And I, I never did. I was like, no, 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 that's not like, that's not like something I really do. Cut to four months later, I was cast in Forbidden Broadway and then my life changed forever. That was it. I never took ownership of it until I was cast in Forbidden Broadway. Um, and the only reason I, <laughs> I auditioned is because I loved the show so much as a super fan and I'd seen it so many times. I was like, you know, I'm always told I take direction very well. I'm always told that, you know, I, I can do different voices. I know I can do voiceover work and kids' voices and it wouldn't be embarrassing if I auditioned. And that's really how I went into it. I went to the open call thinking yeah. this wouldn't be embarrassing. And a few months later I was reviewed. I mean, so grateful. You can't, I can't believe it happened. Just reviewed yeah. as this, you know, great impressionist in the New York Times. And I was like, really? Oh. And then you got nominated well, for that, didn't you? I did. It, you know, and particularly in a show like Forbidden Broadway, it's it's two men and two women. And I was watching that show since, gosh, listening to it since I was born and looking yeah, at these incredible know. casts. And you have the most talented people because they, they have to play every role on Broadway. Four people cover so much. Uh, they're great actors. They're great singers. You have to be nice people and have um, no ego and good teamwork. And to be invited into that was just my dream. I mean, I thought that show would run forever. And I, I thought, you know, my biggest curse in life might be that I'll stay in it forever. Oh, poor me. I've stayed in this show. I've always wanted to be. In. But then the director and the writer, bless him, Gerard Alessandrini, I joined the production and literally like as soon as I joined, he's like, look, I think this is the last one. Um, I think, oh. I think I'm done. And I was like, but I thought I had a job for life. What? Um, so it was, it was, it was really interesting. Um, but, but I digress as I will always do. Cause I'm an Italian mess, but I, um, I just could not believe that of the, there are only a few people that were ever, um, I hate to use the word, the terms like singled out, but the, yeah, there were, there were, there were two other people and it was Christine Petty. Who's been my icon. Oh, I forever. love Christine Petty. She yeah. And let's talk about, and let's talk about other icons, Jennifer Samard. So mm-hmm. the, to be in forbidden Broadway in general, but then to be sort of included with those women who to me were, were these icons, you know, these people who could do not only great impressions, but were such great performers in their own right. It changed my life. And I took it so seriously, you know, not everybody cares about forbidden Broadway and not everybody cares about drama desk award nominations because, you know, it's, it's a big world and 15 minutes of fame and all the big things out there that, that you know, I don't expect people in the Midwest to know how important yeah. a drama <laughs> desk nomination is to a little girl like me. But you know, it's I think a my, big deal. <laughs> it is. And, and, and it, it just, I took it so seriously. And I do think that that production and the res- I call it a responsibility. Like I felt like I had a responsibility to, to live up to it. 
and to live up to what people expected, wanted of me and expected of me and thought of me. And so I, I put together new shows and I tried to find new ways to do impressions that could be entertaining and fun. And I cannot believe where it's led me. I mean, yeah, I'm going to stop talking yeah. now. But it's just, it's just been an incredible yeah. journey. Never would have imagined it. I mean, you, and then you did the YouTube video, the first one, and you weren't originally going to post that, right? And then that's no. how you got on Alan. No, I mean, I posted a lot of videos before them that nobody noticed. Well, actually, yeah. that's not true. I will say this. Um, <laughs> and again, I please, gosh, Christina, please keep this short. Um, I, <laughs> I had posted a video my very first time I was asked to do a, a song in at like a fancy event with celebrities there. It was an event at the Friars Club. But there was like a, a small, tiny room, no great sound system, but these heavy hitters were in the audience. And they asked me to do, you know, just a divas singing one song. And so I put together The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow and I posted it on YouTube. It was the first impression thing I ever posted. And I was like, how does this have like 300,000 views? Like, I was like, who are these people? Turns out all these students were watching it and sharing it in like the UK and all this stuff. So I kept getting these messages from people in the UK, which leads to part of the reason I work there so much now. They were some of the first audiences to sort of appreciate what I did and take note of me and, you know, follow my channel. Mm -hmm. I I didn't even know what a channel was. Like I had no (laughs) idea how to work any of that stuff back then. Just look at my hair. You'll know how little I I knew about that stuff. It was ridiculous. Um, And then I posted, um, they were all over me to audition for, this is the biz for you, to audition for the never aired reboot of in living color because oh, i could do impressions yeah yes and so i had like i had to send in all these videos and like people said oh we're really interested and like the other person was like no we're not interested we're gonna call again she's really interested but she's in new york and we don't want her to fly to california we're not gonna fly her there and i was like i'm gonna make this great video it's gonna be fantastic with absolutely no budget whatsoever and it is the firework video that's posted it's me doing Katy Perry's firework with like bad lighting and weird wigs and costumes. Um, and <laughs> I really did that as a, like, you know, an audition piece for the in living color that, that I didn't book and never aired anyway. So, but, um, you know, and I posted it online and all of a sudden it got really big in like Brazil. And I kept getting these inquiries to from Brazil. I was like, what? But the reason I'm bringing those two things up is because when I posted the total clips of the heart video, there had been some, like there had been some attention drawn to me and I had no idea how it happened. I could never do it again. But when I saw people responding to the tomorrow video and the firework video, I thought, well, I guess I better get my crap together here. So I made the channel. I made, I found a handle, Xtina Bianco one. It's not ideal, but it was the only thing that was the same across all platforms. So I took it. I think had I not done those things and like linked everything up, when that Total Eclipse of the Heart video hit, I don't think it would have taken off the way it did. I just happened to have like everything ready to be shared and linked and tagged. And it's all those little things like you can't make a viral video happen. It just happens. That is so true. (laughs) But then definitely all that other stuff really helped. Like I had... Before that video even launched, before I even posted it, I had these shows for sale in the UK. And I was like, why? Nobody knows me in the UK. No one's going to come see me at the Hippodrome. This person's crazy for booking me because they'd seen my stuff and they liked it. And they knew Forbidden Broadway. And I was like, we'll just do one show and we'll cancel the other one because no one's going to come. And that's when the Total Eclipse of the Art video went viral. And then all of a sudden, my show sold out at the Hippodrome and then they added two more and they sold out. And I was like, what is happening? 
you know, you live your. That's got to be an awesome feeling, though. It was, and I, I, I knew it was. I knew that it was going to change a, a certain part of my life, but I didn't think it was going to have the widespread impact that it did. You know, the difference between me and so many people who are popular on YouTube is I'm not a YouTuber. And I don't today, you know, say, oh, yeah, I'm a YouTuber. Yeah. No, the videos that I posted on YouTube that went viral were me performing to a live audience. It was about that live audience in that moment. And I just happened to get video of it and post it. And that's who I am. I just can't be any other way. I, you know, I've done a few things since yeah. then that are, you know, for the camera and all that. But, you know, to post online. But I'm, I'm first and foremost, you know, on a stage. That's what I love to do. And so it's very rare to have, um, a career where I can be in plays, play characters and wigs and costumes, you know, and nobody knows who Christina Bianco is and then go play the Sydney opera house. Um, it, it, I know. My own opera house. That's like I legendary. Mean, yeah. You perform there. <laughs> so, I mean, listen guys, it's amazing. And, and it shows you how the world is because then I can, you know, plenty of people have absolutely no idea who I am. And then plenty of people who don't know who I am, We'll go, oh, but if she's playing the Sydney Opera House, she must be good. And then it's how you build an audience. And it's, <laughs> and it's just really – it's really interesting to have people know who you are when you're not a celebrity and you're not a household name. But that's the power of the internet. And I think a little less so now. I think when I hit – what was that, like 2013, 14? Mm-hmm. I think you know there are so many kids today – and I think you guys will know about this, so please interject. There are so many videos where girls – it's like one girl – 100 voices and it's some cute little 15 year old with her hair in a ponytail and just singing into a microphone. And there's like 10 of these and they all have like 30 million views, but no one knows who those girls are as talented as they may be. Who knows? Because it sounds to me like they're all lip syncing to themselves. So we have no idea if it's auto-tuned or not. And, and that's not an insult. I just don't know. It's just the way of, yeah. it's all done differently now. Whereas mine Wait, is like, I, is, I sang the wrong lyrics as Kelly Clarkson and it still went viral. You're yeah. like, oh my God. I totally bastardized it to go. <laughs> Your videos are different because it's actually like coming from the audience point of view. Yeah. It always seems like it's somebody in the audience or somebody just happens to be there recording you performing and then yeah. it gets on YouTube. And I think so it's, it's not like a staged video. Yeah. And that, that's something that I've tried to put into my shows. So like, you know, I, like I was, I was saying with those girls on YouTube, those people on YouTube, they have so many more views than I could ever have. But thankfully, and I'm very grateful when I did it, like nobody had done it and, or at least had been known for doing it. And I got the coverage. I got the media coverage. I was on TV shows and MSNBC and entertainment weekly. And it was like, what, who, why, how did they even pick this up? I don't know, (laughs) but I, I've been trying ever since just to make the most of it. And in this, in this business, you can't assume anything is handed to you. And so I've, I've tried really hard to, um, you know, and keep it all going, but also be, be faithful and truthful to the people that love those original videos. Cause I do want to find a way to get people to watch you at home on a computer or on their phone to come see you live. And so that's why I started, I'm a control freak, but I started to do all these improvised bits in my shows where I'll ask the audience, I call them my unlikely interpretations. They're, they're more ridiculous than having like a bunch of celebrities sing total eclipse of the heart. This is like Julie Andrews singing bang, bang, or, you know, (laughs) as Liza Minnelli would interpret living on a prayer. Like these are the things I do. And I ask my audience what they want to hear. And then I put them in my shows for each, each city, each, each, you know, venue. And sometimes we do them completely on the spot, which could be a train wreck or be brilliant. But I like the audience to see that 
that spontaneity. I like the audience to see that I, you know, I can fail too. You do it. I think it shows them what's practiced and then what the cap- the possibilities are. You know, it, yeah. I like, I think everybody in this day and age with all the, you know, Facebook live and the live videos and everybody, Instagram, it's all instant. They want to feel like they're in the moment. So if, if you're too polished and you have too perfect and pristine little YouTube video, I think, I think it's not as effective. So yeah, I try to do what I, I try to bring what happened <laughs> online into live performance. It's, I hope I'm succeeding. I'm trying. And in 2000, last year, you released your, your first album, Life of the Party. Yeah. And that was that a live recording from the London show? Yeah, it was. It was, boy, let me tell you, it's really hard for a perfectionist to do a live recording. <laughs> uh, we, well, you we, did. You covered a song that is one of my favorite songs that nobody, I nobody I know besides Bette Midler's covered Twisted. Oh and when goodness. I heard the album, I was like, oh my God, I love that song. I can't believe she did it. You know and then really you did funny. a version of San, Santa Fe Aww. in your own voice, which is so beautiful. And people, all the theater geeks out there, go check it out. It's a Santa Fe from Newsies. You do an amazing version of that on that album that I love. That I was right out of my head, the way he described it. He said I'd be better dead than alive. I didn't listen to his jive. I knew all Thank you so much because both of those are in my own voice. So thank you very much. Um, yes. But, well, you know, because, you know, I've been really lucky that the audiences that I've now, you know, built over the years, they enjoy my own voice as much as the impressions, which is great. But um, yeah, because you got a killer <laughs> voice to begin with. Thank so. you. Oh, I'm going to keep you around. You make me feel really good about myself. Um, it's, it's hard to pick, pick the songs on the album, but I, I tried to pick stuff that, you know, celebrated these great artists and the impressions and the divas. I mean, it's basically, it's no, I'm, I'm pretty much, what do I say? Like, I'm like a, a faux queen. Like I'm a female drag queen. Like I love, if I could get dressed up in all the <laughs> glitter and all the bling and just do all the great diva impressions, I would. But, um, I also want to sh- do more than that as I'm not a drag queen. I'm Christina. And so I want Christina to shine through as well. But I, I love the song twisted. Um, the, the Annie Ross's jazz and she wrote it and she sang the original jazz version of it. And then people know Joni Mitchell. Um, and then so many jazz artists cover it. And it's funny cause I love one of my biggest influences, particularly when it comes to live performance is Bette Midler. I mean, when people ask me who my show, like what's your show like, can you compare it to anything? And I'm like, I mean, you, you never want to compare yourself to Bette Midler because who the hell do I think I am? But I yeah. said, <laughs> but I said, you know what? My, my show is closest to a Bette Midler show because the audience is totally okay with her coming out, singing a brassy number, chatting with the audience for what seems like a stand-up comedy bit, even though she's not a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And then doing like a... She did release a she comedy did. album, though. She did. Uh, mud will, yeah, Mud will be flung tonight. Of course you 
I, I'm a like religious oh, Bette Miller so, fan. Any everybody who listens to the podcast, anybody who knows me knows that. Like, okay, I'm so all we're gonna get. I'll, I'll get real nerdy and deep here on your podcast. So, <laughs> so the thing about Bette is that she'll then come out and do like you know, Gloria Stolgado. She'll do stuff in a costume, and then she'll stand in a beautiful gown and sing a the power ballad and make you cry all in one set. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. Now she does that with the fame that backs it up, but I that's the sort of thing I, I ask of my audience. I ask them to go with the flow like that. And there's a lot of, now I'm going back, a lot of like Bette Midler in my shows, even if it's not there, even if I'm not impersonating Bette, because one of my other big influences was the influence of Bette, and that's the um, old uh, actress and comedian Betty Hutton. And Bette covered a lot of Betty Hutton songs. She covered stuff like that yeah. there. <laughs> and uh, there's another one that I'm trying to remember. She covered all oh, this. It's coming, getting away from me now. But it's so funny because on my album, I do Murder, He Says, which which Betty Hutton did. And my other shows, I do Rumble, 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 which Betty Hutton did. And I realized I always have a Betty Hutton number or a Bette Midler number on my shows. Like, and I don't, I don't think about it. It's just it's my canon of stuff that I adore. And uh, I'm always looking for new ones. So, well, we'll have any suggestions for me. I can put them in. I'll throw, I'll throw in some extra bet for you. I just Yay. don't make them like that anymore. My God. Oh, they sure it's don't. Just, Jeez. Somebody that could come out, make you laugh, and then make you cry within the yeah, same I mean, beat. It's and there's, like, there's hardly it's any just so interesting because I get in like healthy, respectful arguments about you know the, the divas that people love and the voices and people will go absolutely crazy over i mean who doesn't we all love barbara streisand and you know i love barbara streisand and yeah. i love her design book almost more than i love her which you will definitely get a peek of in san diego if you haven't you do a great thank you if you haven't um <laughs> If you haven't been aware of Barbara Streisand's design book that she wrote called My Passion for Design, written about the uh, building and designing of her Malibu home, then come see <laughs> me, myself, and everyone else. And I'll give you the like <laughs> anti-buyer-seller, not anti, but the alternative to a buyer and seller version of it. Um, Barbara is one of those singers and has this amazing voice, is notoriously, has always been like afraid of performing. And I think it shows in the fact that she doesn't really give herself to the audience. The audience has to come to her. She stands there still with her eyes closed. And to me, I love those really, well, I connect with, I should say, those really dynamic performers that sort of like leave it all out there. Like the Liza Minnelli. Liza does not have the greatest voice in the world, but the package is uh, you can't compare it to anybody else. Nobody sings and dances and interprets a number like Eliza Minnelli with that energy and that power. And it doesn't matter if she can hold a note as high or as long or as Barbara Streisand does. And people are going to listen to Barbara Streisand and go, nobody sings like that, uh, and not care about the fact that she's not giving it a hot cha cha and a pizzazz. So there's something for everybody. And that's, that's why I find the divas, I call them the divas. That's my little thing. Who's your diva? Is my little catchphrase. Who's your diva? Because everybody has their favorite and their reasoning. And it isn't, one is not better than the other. It's just what connects with you. And so that's, that's what I try me, myself and everyone else. I mean, it's, the show is all the versions of me, but it's all of these, we all have these different sides to ourselves. Like some day, days I want to be the introvert that sings a jazz ballad with her eyes closed. And some days I want my dancing boys and I want to yeah. step kick and some sequins, you know I mean? That, and so, <laughs> Yeah. She doesn't, Jesus. So we try to put all that together <laughs> into one show and an hour and a few minutes. And okay. God, we hope. You know, one, you know one, of the, 
one of the okay. best uh, videos that I saw you do was the Grinch. Oh my god! Um, in New York when you did it for last year, and you you did the whole um, what's it called? I mean, one Mr. Grinch, and it wasn't just the divas. You did Drew Barrymore, just uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, Wanda Sykes. I remember you. I love, that is Wanda one Sykes of my favorite Walker. things to do. Is Oh my god! I don't know how hard you. Oh my god! You're making my day. It's it's one of my all time favorite things. Thank you for singling that out. Um, I tried it, and it's actually the trial of it is on YouTube as well because you never know what you're going to do. I was testing my Christmas show for the first time, (laughs) and I was testing it, (laughs) testing it at the the famous fabulous duplex in New York, and uh, it was a little bit of that online. Me doing the Grinch, and it's now evolved over the years into a very different number. I've done it in London. I did it at the Sydney Opera House. And so this past Christmas, yeah, there was this fantastic event that I've done two years in a row now. Um, uh, sparkle. sparkle, yeah, right? Scott Nevins runs it. This is, what's it Sparkle? We love yeah. Scott. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I've got this Grinch number and I'm taking it up a notch and I'm going to wear some sequins and it's going to happen. And oh, I, I, nobody filmed it and I was so upset. And then Scott sent me that video and I was like, yes. And I said, obnoxious to be the same thing. I was like, yeah, but you know, it's not the same number anymore. I love when I get to combine speaking impressions with the singing impressions. A lot of people don't um, think I do speaking impressions because they weren't in the video. Thank you so much. Thank you. And those are actually easier to add to my repertoire than singing impressions only because I find there are so many vocalists today that sound so different on the radio than they do live. It's the auto-tuning, the processing, the way it sounds. And so a lot of these new up-and-coming singers, it's hard to sort of figure out their voice. They don't have these iconic sounds like they used to. But to me, they're like, I always, I'm watching a TV show and hear a voice and I'm like, wait, rewind that. Who is this person? You know, and it makes me, I don't know, it's just easier to, to, to pick up the, the nuances and the um the mannerisms of the yeah. speaking impressions. Yeah. I'm, Who, who's your favorite to uh, do? Out of all of the impressions, who's like, in, you can do it at, at like a drop of a hat, your well, favorite to do? my, I always, okay, so speaking impressions is a long list, but I'm just going to go with the person that encompasses everything, and that is Celine Dion. See, Celine Dion is the greatest, and I, I'm... I'm sorry to say, like probably really in an unhealthy way, obsessed with her. Uh, I love Celine because we all know whether you want to hear her voice or not, that's up to you, but you can't deny her talent. You can't deny the incredible ability that she has and still has to this day. She is an instrument. She She's not just a singer. She is a vocalist. She's a musician. And she knows how to use that incredible tool that she has. So when I want to sing one of her songs, it's a challenge. When I want to I know her so well because I listen to her nonstop. I feel like I understand how she might sing Talk to the Animals. Like, I feel like I could <laughs> figure out how she would interpret, like, Mary had a little lamb, a little lamb, a little lamb. Like, I feel like I know her riffs and her runs because oh I'm, God, that's amazing. Because I'm like unhealthily obsessed with her. But <laughs> the other thing about Celine that for an impressionist that's so exciting is that she has so much to work with. She has so many funny mannerisms physically with the the chest pounding, the way she sort of leans, she spreads her legs really wide. She wears lots of pants these days so she can do that. She raises her eyebrow and makes the funny faces. And of course, as I'm doing it, I'm falling into her speaking patterns where of course she sometimes puts the, the, uh, the, uh, emphasis on the syllable you would not expect. Uh, and you think after all these years, 
that she might know how to say these things correctly, but she does not. And it's so funny to me because she's, <laughs> oh she, she gives me body language, yeah. uh, an accent, different phrasing, and then that voice. So she's a complete package of an impression. Uh, the other woman, the little lady that has a, a special place in my heart is Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, I've uh, met her. Um, she yes. is one of the nicest, kindest, and just awesome person. She is tiny, tiny. And I'm going I'm to second. Well, yeah, she's my height, but I always say about 20 pounds lighter. She is so tiny. <laughs> she's so tiny. We're both 4 foot 11, so any member of the 411 I love, like Judy Garland, Elaine Page. <laughs> uh, but Kristen, Kristen is so specific because there's nobody that has a voice like hers. And Bernadette Peters as well. Those And Bernadette before Kristen was my big Broadway um you know, favorite, but no, nobody, I'm trying to get into it now, but like nobody has a voice like Kristen Chenoweth. Like it, it has that, you know, it, she's so, she can be quiet and she could say, Oh, thank you so much. But it's still, it's still that like helium voice sound, but then I'm not going to do it over the phone. You have to come see the show, but that huge, gorgeous, full soprano she has, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. That contrast is immediate comedy, even if she's doing something innately serious. And so I try to, to play with that. And luckily she's one of the people that has been very supportive of what I do. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. so incredible. What celebrities have, have you met besides Chris, um, Christian Tanowitz that you do impressions of and you were like super nervous about you're like oh god please let them like okay um meeting meeting I met okay Christian I met Bernadette Peters I never met and it's killing me I want to meet her so badly but she did say in an interview I think it was with Attitude magazine that someone said how do you feel about the people that do impressions of you like Christina Bianco and she said like I think she does the best impression of me and I like fell off my chair so that was that was I would have fell off my chair. Uh, so even if she was pretending, I'll take it. I mean, apparently on a page she knows who I am uh, and likes what I do. Uh, Kathy Griffin tweeted <laughs> at me. I have this thing online and I will I will totally plug it because I'm about to post a sequel next month. Uh, I have this uh, video on YouTube. I, it started as Instagram videos and it's me doing mismatched movie quotes, like famous movie quotes said by people that, you know, shouldn't have been cast in that movie. And I did Kathy Griffin doing some lines from Clueless. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I tweeted it and I tagged her. Like, there's some people you don't tag. And some people are like, I'll tag Kathy Griffin. And she was like, perfection. So she, like, she thought it was great. Um, oh, my God. So that's great. And then this one, this is like a not quite, it's like, it's indirect, but I'll take it. Um, I was performing at a big event in New York City and it was honoring Deborah Messing. And I wanted to do, I do Megan Mullally. Well, let's be, let's be real. You do Karen Karen Walker, Walker, like to a T. I don't do Megan Mullally. I do Karen Walker. And Mm -hmm. Megan has not answered any tweets or written back to me, even though I think we would be besties. Uh, But, but (laughs) Deborah Messing, I was, I think I was doing Let It Go or something. And I just threw in some lines at the end in the pause. And I was like, what? here you know and she stood up out of her chair and started applauding before the number was over oh my god that is so awesome again if i could have had a picture a video i cannot prove this but i would never make this up i would never i would never yeah you know ever tarnish this moment it was it it was really it happened and i have people that can back it up and so <laughs> indirectly <laughs> if she thought it was good enough to stand up then i feel like megan would like it too <laughs> there you go what um what impression are you still working on that's like in the wings that you're like one day I'm going to do this and I'm going to put it out there. Oh, so many. Um, 
so many. Ellen DeGeneres. I was so afraid to do her after I was on her show and I was working on it beforehand. Uh, and a lot of people do Ellen. It's not like, it's not like it's an unknown impression, but I guess I just felt because I had been on her show and spoke to the woman. I don't know. I was afraid. Mm -hmm. So I'm still, I think you might see a debut of Ellen in California because you you cannot improve an impression unless you do it in public. You can only do it in your own bathroom so much. So Ellen (laughs) DeGeneres, uh, singing wise, there are tons. I'm, I'm really comfortable doing Ariana Grande singing Ariana Grande songs, but I'm trying to figure out how she would do stuff she doesn't normally sing. So I'm still building her. Betty Buckley is the big one for me. Um, she's got a vibrato that's very fast and very hard, not not unlike in Alice Ripley, um, but I still have to get it. So there's women that have the grit in their voice. I have a pretty clear voice, so if there's any rasp or any grit, I find that a little hard mm-hmm. to to mimic without hurting myself. So I try yeah. to find different ways. Like everyone wants me to do Tina Turner, and it's like, well, I can do Tina Turner when I'm sick. But I don't know. It's, I don't know it's worth it. And when you're four foot eleven, I just don't feel like I have the legs for it. So is it really worth it? Like if you can't do, and, if you can't, and as in, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, like if I can't do the proud Mary dance, really, what's what's the point? <laughs> so as a as a singer and actress, um, what is your dream role that you've always wanted to play, and you're like, someday I'm going to do that role? Okay. Whether it's on TV, movie, musical, whatever. There are a few. Um, and it's always stage based for me cause I'm a, I'm just a theater gal. Um, I hope to be doing it soon and I hope to, it might not be in the States, but I still want to do, it's less known. It's a play called the rise and fall of little voice. And, uh, there was a great movie called little voice. Oh, I uh, know that play. That the was play a, is amazing. Yeah. I, I was, I've been attached to it on and off in a lot of different places for a long time and it's never happened. And before I get too old, I'd love to star in this play. Uh, for those of you listening who don't know, uh, little voice, the movie is the easiest thing for you to find. It starred, uh, mm-hmm. Brenda Blethyn was up for the Oscar. Michael Caine was in it, yeah. won a golden globe. Hugh McGregor was in it, but it was written as a play for the other woman in the film named Jane Horrocks. And Jane uh, is this incredible actress in her own right and singer in her own right, but she does great impressions. And so this play uh, is a serious play, but it use a lot, utilizes impressions for the lead character. So it's a no-brainer for me to do it. And also, yeah. uh, I have to tell the listeners here that Jane Horrocks also played Bubble on Absolutely Fabulous. And you do uh, Medina Monsoon. <laughs> I, do, I do all <laughs> of them, which is the problem. It's like, I have, yeah. in fact, you will definitely see this in the show. I mean, um, you know, Medina Monsoon, I feel like I have to grab something here, sweetie. I have to grab sort of the, sort of the glass of champagne, darling, a bit of champagne. I'm so excited to come to Martini's. You know, but I wonder if we could temporarily call it, you know, champagnes, you know, something like that, my darling. A little, a little body, a little something for a sweetie, darling. Gorgeous little things. And, um, but Bubble, if you know her crazy sidekick, she's a lot. Yes. And goes, hello, hello, you know, really loud like that. <laughs> and that's Jane Horrocks, who's quite a dramatic actress when she's not dressed up doing that. Um, so that was a tangent on Little Voice. Uh, the other part I've always wanted to play, I'm a big, um, a big Sondheim fan. And I think a lot of the, the great divas have played this part, but I, I want to do it too. And that's Dot in Sunday in the Park. I mean, oh, and that's a good. show not a lot of people do, and it's one of my favorites. Sunday in the Park with George. Yeah. Beautiful music, great script. Um, 
I love that. Yeah, that's that's the one. I mean, everybody wants to play funny girl, and everybody wants to play all those big yeah. guilty parts and Alphaba, and I, that those they're fine. I don't need to play those parts. I want to do Dot. I want to do Little Boys, but the big diva role that I must play because I must honor the four foot eleven tradition is Evita. I want to play Ava Perone. I want to play Ava Perone. Patty Lapone, notoriously not tall. Elaine Page, the original Evita, four foot eleven. Mm. Elena Roger, the Broadway, the most recent Broadway star, four foot eleven. Come on, people! I'm always too <laughs> ethnic for roles. It's exhausting. This is a role I'm not too ethnic for, and I'm not too sure nope. for. So, uh, if anybody listening, I am really keen to play this part. Will you know? Offer only. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I can hit all the high notes safely. I've got my, you know, it's I'm ready to go. Have yeah. and Patty Lapone is in your wheelhouse of impressions. Patty Lapone, speaking of Evita, oh, I love Patty Lapone so much. And I love how you do her impressions because her because the it's not like overly pronounced. In other words, it's like the way she sings, yeah. kind of mush mouthy. Well, except for the five consonants she chooses, yeah, again, and they're never what you expect. I mean, I can't even <laughs> think of a song right now, but it's like, but there's that line from Sunset Boulevard. And this is really niche for your listeners, but. Um, and there's a song on Sunset Boulevard that Patty the Poem is in, and the song is not really hers. It's called The Lady's Paying, and it's how she's buying everything for Joe. And the line is, I love flannel on a man. And she sings, I know exactly. I, like, I don't know about. what you said. I just heard, at the end of it. And I don't know why she chose to emphasize that particular N or nothing else, yeah. but that is what makes Patty the Poem Patty the Poem, and I love it. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, that made my day. Oh God. <laughs> I think the neighbors in this hotel room are going to kill. They're like, what the? <laughs> it's all right. I'm used to it. It's all right. <laughs> God, the roster of impressions you do, not just divas, but speaking. You know, you do Kara Knightley, who I'm obsessed with because of Pride and Prejudice, the movie. Yeah. And when I first saw you do Kara Knightley, I was like, oh my God, I laughed so hard. Kara Knightley is one of those uh, actresses. Some people really dislike her. I don't know why. She She's a, a, such a sweet person. When you watch all of her interviews, no one's ever said a bad word about the girl. And she, she's really good. I think, I think it's the case sometimes for those people that make it famous young. She was a model, so beautiful. Like nobody expects them to be yeah. so good. But I, I think her many award nominations and accolades have now hopefully put all that to rest. I mean, she's so good. But she does talk through a clenched jaw. And I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, very, it's very fun. She, she has this, I mean, I look nothing like her. In my fantasies, I look like Kira Knightley. But I try to hold my face in such a way <laughs> that <laughs> you can get the idea that that jaw is a little bigger and it's just a little more clenched. And she just she just talks through her teeth a bit. It's a lot of jaw acting. Um, or at least it's the way <laughs> I see it. I mean, it's, her, it's her jaw. I mean, it's, she's not acting through, she's not intentionally doing it, but that's what I, that's how I do it. Um, so yeah, Karen the, is um, a one, but I love it. She'll be, what's the hardest impression you do that you, that you really have to work up to when you do it? Man, uh, for, for singing impressions, it's people whose voices are most dissimilar to mine. Uh, mm -hmm. like Dolly Parton, I have a very broad voice and, uh, I said like a normal speed vibrato and Dolly has that very light yet still powerful voice with a very, very fast vibrato. Um, yeah. so I, I can get my, I can work 
my diaphragm and, and sort of manipulate my vocal cords to get the speed of a vibrato. But when I do that, it wants to be very loud and very strong, more like a, a an Edith Piaf or a Stevie Nicks. So I have to try to put a breathiness behind it. And singing on a breathiness when you don't really have it is difficult. So that's, that's a lot of um, detail there. But so Dolly's quite difficult for me. Uh, hopefully effective. On the other side of that, someone like Houston... <laughs> I do this, yeah. and you will see it in the show. Um, I do this movie medley, and it honors these great songs from films because so many iconic songs by the Divas are from films, from you know Bette Midler, Wind Beneath My Wings, mm-hmm. and Barbara Streisand and Judy Garland. But um, I will always love you is from two separate movies, you know, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, Dolly Parton, and Whitney yeah. Houston. Yep. And so uh, I go right from Dolly to Whitney. And doing each of them individually is difficult because Whitney is so throaty. She, I, have to, I have to go really far back in my throat and slow down my vibrato and attempt to have even a half of that power that she had. Uh, God rest. And I, I just – I switching from one to the other very quickly. I love switching voices quickly, but that particular transition is probably the most difficult thing I do in the show. God, that just that just makes me – like sweaty. It sounds like a workout. Well, you know, thank you. I mean, you. To those two you know, if you do everything easy, then the audience knows. I mean, not that it's easy, but you know, exactly. you, you want to put in something that challenges you. And I do believe, I mean, I definitely do. I think, I think I can safely say I do it better now than I did three years ago. I mean, it, you, you have to, <laughs> you have to practice and you have to get better at it. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. tough. It's really tough. It's, yeah. I cannot wait to get to San Diego at Martinis about 4th, June 5th. Everybody, she's going to be there. Yes. Um, and then right after that, the next day, you're like in where? Yeah, you're in San Francisco right after that, right? The next day I'm in San Francisco. Yeah. The next day I'm in L.A. And then and after then that, in Vegas. I'm in Vegas for the first time. So, hey, guys, if you know anybody in Vegas or listening in Vegas, uh, I don't know anybody in Vegas. It's my <laughs> first time. and I'm so excited. I'm going to pull out all the stops. So, yeah, you're going to yeah. be at the space June 8th and 9th in Vegas. So if, every, if you That's miss it. the San Diego June show, 5th. go there. <laughs> I do say that because you guys listen. It's Celine Dion's last time in Vegas. Yeah, and yeah. not everyone's going to get a ticket. So if you can't see Celine, I see the really next think best thing. You should come see the next best thing. I mean, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna go crazy for Celine. I know she's exactly. gonna get like a whole like crazy moment in what, Vegas. What would you? Ha, what would you do if Celine saw your impression? You did it in front of her, or she saw it and reacted to it. I don't know. I, I think she would. I actually think she would be very kind, even if she didn't like it. But I think she would like it. Because <laughs> I think she, I think would, she like would like it. Well, you know, the thing is, Celine Dion has that fantastic uh, singing impressionist open for her frequently. Her good friend Veronique mm-hmm. Vicaire, who had a show in Vegas, and Veronique is fantastic. Very different from me. I'm I'm a little more comedic. She's also like ten feet taller than me. It's very funny. Um, but she she just, you know sings the songs as people who sang them, whereas my whole thing is sort of mis mismatching them. I am like the interpretations. But Celine once went on, I think it was like Good Morning America or something, and I was watching it and she said like I'm gonna say it in my own voice, not as Celine, but she said, Look, this this girl, I sing like Celine, but this girl can sing like everybody, which makes her one of the greatest singers that ever lived. And I was like, Well clearly that's what Celine Dion thinks about me. So (laughs) clearly she was indirectly talking about me and that's that's why I can go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning. So (laughs) I'd like I would I but she's the she's a person I would like to meet more than anybody else. And I I do hope if she sees my impression, she she appreciates it because it's done with super amounts of love. One day it will happen. <laughs> you will meet One Celine. Day. <laughs> One day. I am so, so happy we got to talk to you. I, it's been such a joy. <laughs> 
Oh, thanks for having me. I talk quite a bit. Sorry that makes that. my job easy. I love it. <laughs> and I can sit here and listen to you tell stories all day long. Well, I was on a plane for about 21 hours, so uh, forgive me for just sort of no, blabbing. No, it's amazing. <laughs> yes, everybody, go see Christina Bianco at Martinis Above 4th here in San Diego. She's going to be there June 5th with her show, Me, Myself, and everybody else me myself everyone else yeah nice fun interactive show <laughs> unlike anything else to see come on down and how do people find you on social media ah i am x tina bianco one across all platforms twitter instagram and all that and on facebook i am christina bianco and my website is christinabianco.com yes and you can get more information about the martinis above fourth show on your website and our website we'll have a link so you guys can get tickets and you can always go to the martinis above fourth website and get tickets then it's going to be an amazing show i know we're going to be there so i cannot wait oh thanks so much thank so, so happy much. thanks for having me <laughs> thank you for doing this <laughs> thank you again christina Right young women Hey guys, by now you've all heard us talk about the Hillcrest Social app, where you can not only listen to your weekly dose of Who Invited Her, but you can also find out what's going on in the San Diego Hillcrest neighborhood. Well, we just want to let you know that the Hillcrest Social app is now called Hashtag Now Trending, and it has even more LGBTQ plus content like Palm Springs Pride, Bear World Magazine, Gadio, and Rage Magazine, plus all kinds of out-at events across California and beyond, with even more coming soon. The hashtag Now Trending app has over 15,000 users scrolling through events, businesses, and resources. With Who Invited Her in the hashtag Now Trending app, you'll always have pride in your pocket. back hopefully you enjoyed that interview she was amazing oh my gosh that was one of my favorite interviews to do like she is beyond talented like it is ridiculous how she pulls these voices out of any every anywhere i can't even do an english accent <laughs> let alone anything and then even you know when i can't someone, even talk properly right, Jesus Christ. Well, and when someone asks you to do like a voice or something yeah. it takes you 10 minutes before a word even leaves your mouth and not even a voice <laughs> she's singing in the oh style gosh. of like Lisa celine dion oh, or eliza minnelli so or judy garland i know amazing. she's so and she's so sweet you know what cracks me up is that she's 411 like gosh. i, I could imagine you and her at oh a bar gosh. because you're six foot. Oh my gosh. She's more alive. Needs to put on her tallest heels. Heels. And. <laughs> so, yeah, she's going to be at Martinis Above for the June 5th um, with her show, Me, Myself, and Everybody Else. Um, go check it out. I know we're going to be there, Robbie and I. Um, it's going to be a great show. I cannot wait to see her do this live. So, you guys, you know what's coming up in a couple days? Drycon. <gasps> I know. Oh, yes, everybody. We're going to be at DragCon. It's, so when this comes out, we will be at DragCon like oh two gosh. days later. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Finally. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. So we're going to be there. Come by the booth. Say hi. We're going to have T-shirts. If you say fucking Carol, 
We know you're a listener and you get a t-shirt while supplies last. Also, we're going to be doing, um, we're going to be recording some podcast stuff there. So we're going to be doing some RuPaul Drag Race trivia um, that we're going to record and put it on. So if you stop by the booth, you're going to have to ask, um, answer a trivia question and you get to say who invited her shot glass oh if you get gosh. it right. Ooh. Or even if you participate, we'll probably give it away. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to have a bunch of other stuff we're going to be giving away and stuff. It's yeah, going to be a lot of fun. you're going to be giving away a lot of I stuff. Know. If you know what I mean. Wink, wink. <laughs> Just kidding. I know. Oh, we have so many cool people coming on the show, too. Um, we have Glenn Allens coming on, oh who gosh. is a legendary drag queen um, and a phenomenal artist, not just with makeup, just in general. Phenomenal, phenomenal artist. So I'm super excited that he's coming on the show. And we have um, Brian Justin Crumb from America's Got Talent oh is coming on next wow. month, too. I know. It's so cool. Like, like I'm just super excited that all these people are coming on. Yeah. And then we're in Pride season. OMG. Are you ready for a Oh, my God. Is everyone started their diet? I know, right? Right? Like, what's the Bash point? is not doing the world tour of Pride this year. <laughs> He's keeping it simple. What's, like, Pride diet? It'd be, like, ice chips and lettuce. It'd be air. Oh, air. air. Okay. <laughs> Just air. <laughs> That's it. Maybe diet pills. <laughs> diet pills. <laughs> oh, my oh God. God. Anyways, <laughs> you guys, you can follow the podcast on Instagram. It is who invited her underscore podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. It is who invited her SD. Email us at the gang at who invited her.net. Yes. We love hearing from you. Yes. And I mean, our DMs and messages, we get back to them as soon as we can. I know we get get a few here and there and sometimes we get busy and take the day or so but we always answer everybody keep so. them coming yeah oh and i had shout outs this week Ooh. yes i wanted to give a shout out to jonathan from dc um because i ha- we weren't sure what dc comics stood for no remember yeah I no we, we were like what is it so it's detective comics is what jonathan oh texas yeah um, so I wanted to give him a shout out and Mr. Mike nineteen seventy two on Twitter because he's always so nice oh and he's like listens to the show, gives oh, us like just he's just you. great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are our shout outs this week. Um, everybody next week um, it'll be everybody should be here I think for the next show. Oh, who I don't knows? know we're all busy but you'll get a you'll get at least one or two of us. <laughs> So, how, how do people find you, Mags? Oh, at the local liquor store. There you go. In the back, in the back alley. <laughs> Checking some champs. <laughs> there you go. You can follow Bashy at Sammy Name underscore Bash. You can follow Miss Mariam T at The Mariam T. You can follow me. Um, it's Tony underscore Baloney underscore Macaroni. And I thought today we're going to leave you with a little bit of Christina Bianco. This is her... Um, Total Eclipse of the Heart, where she does like a bunch of demons. Oh, so good. I know. Go see her at Martini's when she's here. If you're in San Diego, it's going to be a killer show. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, you guys. We'll see you next week. Once upon a time, I was rolling in love. Now there's only love in the dark. (laughs) Drew Barrymore. There's nothing I can do, you guys. It's just a total eclipse of the heart. It's amazing. Zoe Deschanel. Once upon a time, there was light in my life. Now there's only love in the dark. Dooby dooby doo. Bjork. Nothing to say. Totally 
Britney Spears. 